<laughs> Welcome to Showbiz Buzz with Bruno, presented by Mad Stage. And today we have the lovely and also talented Steve Knoll. From, I know, it's yeah. an amazing, amazing intro. It's like, who are you introducing? <laughs> uh, um, from Outcast Theater, who is now in this wonderful production of The Pantalorian mm -hmm. at the Bartell Theater. Steve, thanks for coming in today. Oh, thank you for having me on this. And I know you're between shows, so yep. you've already done the matinee and getting yep. ready for another show tonight. And you had opening night last night. How did it go? It went really well. Oh, it was um, very fun. The the Not only the parents were cheering, but the kids are just eating this up and loving it, especially... The matinee, we had a lot of kids, and they were just hooping it up, and the actors were interacting with them. It, it went over really well. Um, so for people that don't really know, obviously, it's a panto, which, yep. is, which is, has British roots. Tell us a little bit about what a panto is. So a panto is a very specific form of theater or originated in Britain. It, it actually goes back hundreds of years. But the, the basic idea is that it's a parody of a known story. So that's where you have to start. Um, a lot of uh, traditional pantos are based on like classic fairy tales, where what Mercury's been doing these last few years is doing more like, you know, American pop culture stuff. So they did a panto on The Wizard of Oz. I directed that one. They did a Harry Potter one. Um, we did a previous Star Wars panto where it was the the three original movies. Um, and then this one is based on The Mandalorian. So and and more specifically on streaming shows in in general, so so you start with that, but then there's a bunch of rules that you have to incorporate into the panto. So and this is the seventh one that Mercury has done at the Bartell, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, so what are some of the rules you have to you have to incorporate? You have to incorporate. So, well, part of it is yeah the the idea you start with a well known story, um, you have to have parody songs. So we've got about four numbers where we take well-known pop songs and we rewrite the lyrics to them, and we encourage the audience to to, to sing along with them. Um, and then the casting is very specific. You have to have cross-gendered casting. That's a big panto requirement. And um, a lot of this is like like Monty Python. A lot of what they came up with in their humor was really inspired by classic British panto. Because a lot of people said, well, what, why do Monty Python always, why do always the guys dress as women? Why don't they just cast women? And they're like, well, that's a panto thing. You're, you're supposed to do this cross-dressing. So you have men playing women, women playing men, and, and really just mixing it up. Um, you have to have a, a person playing an animal. So, so that's got to be a, a part in the show. You've got to have that. Um, and then there are some staging rules that you have to include. You have to have certain scenes. We have to have a tree of truth. So we have a Tree of Truth sequence in it. Um, there are several, like, dialogue pieces that you have to incorporate into every show. Um, and then there's a lot of, like, audience participation moments that you have to build into the show, but do your own version for whatever play that you're doing. So that was part of the whole process is following these rules, but then incorporating them within the story of The Mandalorian. And now traditionally, these are done around Christmas time. And is, yes. there, is there a specific reason why that they're done that time? Of yes, year? that's another panto thing. Is the 
pantos go back way even back to shakespeare's time and the idea why christmas time is theater used to be for like the elite the upper class and then in the month of december they would all leave london and go to their country estates for the holiday leaving the theater alone with the lower class (laughs) so they would put on a play for themselves that basically made fun of the aristocracy and the upper class and and basically created these these parodies and that's where it started from was the idea that um it was supposed to be a lower form of theater and always done at christmas because that's when the theater was available and then over the years panto became a lot more established and especially in britain pantos are beloved because a lot of people um their first play ever is a panto and, and that's part of the charm of that is a lot of times, you know, pantos really serve as an introduction to theater for a lot of kids. You know, that, that's a very traditional thing. And it's amazing over the years, people who have come to see it who are British have come up to me and said, I haven't seen a panto since I was a kid. Thank you for doing this in America. And I'm like, well, what was your first play? And they're like, yes, everybody first play is a panto. And I'm like, cool. This is kind of a neat thing. And, and they usually get some a big star. Yeah, to, like to play the dame in the in the British ones. Yes, they're very well known. Yes, uh, that it's the big draw for people to come and see them. Yep, and that's part of the cross um, uh, gender casting is you have to have what's called the grand dame role. So this is always a big um, female character diva that is always played by a man, and it's not playing it like it's it's you know trying to actually play it as a woman. It's very obvious right. that it's a man in a dress. So um, right now there's a really big panto going on in England. They're doing Mother Goose with Ian McKellen as Mother Goose. And that's, that's actually gotten a lot of publicity about that. And that show is actually playing now in London, and then they're going to tour it through March all through Britain. So normally, you know, panto wouldn't go that long, but because they have Ian McKellen in sure. it, you know, they can keep it going. And now you've directed uh, uh, former pantos, but this one you also wrote. Yes, yeah, so Corona. Yep. yep. What was the, and uh, what was that experience like for you to actually to to write a panto? Well, that was it. Was it kind of evolved? So the first oh, an panto. audience. Oh, how wonderful! I am C three PO, human panto relations. And and then the second panto, I came up with the idea of doing a Star Wars one. I went to Nick and said we should do something based on the original Star Wars movies, and he's like, I'm not a pop culture person. Can you kind of help me? And I so I gave him kind of like, here are the big points of the original movie. You know, just kind of gave him like a list. And then he he wrote a panto, and then he gave it to me, and we went to rehearsals, and I basically kind of rewrote it. Um, and it was funny because he came to see the show on opening night, and and it was great because he came up to me afterwards, and he's like, he goes, "This was a really good play. I wish I'd written it." <laughs> and I thought that that was kind of a kind of a compliment. So. So when I proposed The Mandalorian, you know, he looked at me like, the what? And he had never even heard of The Mandalorian. Oh. So so he and I, I actually, what's well, kind of sneaky on this is last spring, he's like, okay, let me hear your idea. Let's get together. Let's go out for dinner. So we went to a restaurant and I have a, a Baby Yoda doll and I brought it with me. And as we sat there, I put Baby Yoda on the table. And the entire night, people kept stopping, going, oh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. And Nick would say, oh, you must love The Mandalorian. And they're like, oh, we've never seen the show, but we love Baby Yoda. And at the end of the night, he looked at me and goes, fine, we'll do it. So, yeah. So so that was really kind of um, a really interesting creative process. Because then I 
I wrote the story outline. So I kind of looked at the Mandalorian and, and came up with a twist. We, we're doing the plot of the Mandalorian, but we're also incorporating other streaming shows into it. Um, so that was kind of my original idea. And I kind of gave him this whole like outline of it. And then he took it and then he wrote in a lot of like traditional panto jokes and dialogue and scenes and all that stuff gave that back to me. And then I kind of, um, tweaked at what he had written to fit within the, the plot of the show. And and that was all like act one. And then act two was pretty much me kind of resolving what was going on in the Mandalorian, you know, with, with using some of his dialogue that I just kind of like repurposed from other parts and all that. But yeah, it was a nice collaborative process. Um, it was, it was quite fun and it's really interesting to sit in a theater and actually hear people laugh at dialogue you wrote that that that's new to me i've never happened i and i'm very happy that they're actually laughing that's a good thing yes i was i was very yes i was very pleased about that well yes. I'll, let's run a clip of the of the show if you would ben and we'll see what we've been talking about cool. <laughs> oh an audience oh how wonderful i am c3po cuban panto relations ba, ba. the droids you're looking for. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, no, no they're, they're not. not. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, oh no, no, they're, they're not. not. I, yeah, okay, that's fine. Oh, thanks. Oh, good, I was getting tired. So that was actually a clip from the one that you actually directed a couple of years back, right? Right. That was the original Star Wars panto we did. That was based on the original movie, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So, But about a good chunk of the cast from that show came back for this one. which is, I was going to say, you have a lot, of, a lot of repeat people have been in several of the shows, right? Yes, yes. And, and what's really fun with this one is um, Ethan Richard, who played... Um, the Chewbacca character in that one, he plays Han Solo in this one. So now, as he pointed out, he has now played the entire crew of the Millennium Falcon. 
and who can really say what actor can say that exactly <laughs> yes so and then henry who played han solo in that panto he's playing the mandalorian in this one so and then Alyssa stowe she was luke skywalker in that one and she gets to be luke skywalker in this one yeah there you we, how big is the cast for the show uh 20 wow that's a lot of yeah people. yeah it's a, it's a big cast so <laughs> yeah had to write a lot of parts yeah <laughs> Yeah. So obviously they're all musicals, right? You have to have you have to have songs and dances that are. Yep, I wouldn't really call this a full blown musical, uh-huh. but um, we have we have four original musical dance numbers, and then we have a fifth number that opens the show. That's a dance number, but it's not a singing. It's it's uh, I don't want to tell you what it is. You have to come see the show to find out what it is. So <laughs> so technically there's five dances and then four songs. And then you have sing along with the audience participation, singing well known. Well, yes the the songs that are in the show are pretty well known pop songs, and we actually have lyrics on the screen. Um, so some of the audience sings a lot, especially the our big finale song is very very well known, and people with the lyrics that we wrote or that I wrote up on the screen, they are they are singing along. I did hear people in the audience singing along. To my lyrics, which again was a little strange for me, but <laughs> but they seem to be having a good time. Uh, so, uh, first of all, tell me about a little bit more about your history. When did you actually first come to the Bartell Theater, and what was your first project? Do you remember? Oh, remember that far back? Oh scene? yeah, let's say dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so, so I I originally volunteered to usher on a production called Jeffrey that Mercury did back in 1999. And I ushered and I had a good time and I was talking to the producer afterwards and he's like, yeah, we need ushers for other shows. And I'm like, well, I'll come back. And he's like, well, you have to watch the show again. And I'm like, yeah. So I ended up ushering five times, watched the show five times. And I realized this is really cool. The show is different each time. And I got to meet a lot of the actors. And then the producer, he asked me, he said, well, I'm going to do another Paul Rudnick play called The Most Fabulous Story Ever Told. Do you want to... um, stage manage that and i'm like what's a stage manager and he's like you're in so that was kind of trial by fire but that show was a big hit and then as a result those were mercury productions and as a result he really wanted to start a queer theater company and so we took the the proceeds really from most fabulous story ever told and basically used that to start stage q so i was one of the founding members of stage q so this was back our first show's our first show was I produced it was in the it was July of tw- 2001. So I basically produced, co-produced, did sound design, did set design, d- worked with you um, pretty much on on all of Stage Q's shows for the first like 3 years of of the its existence and then I stepped away to go to grad school. I don't know why, um, <laughs> career. Um, and then I I came back and when I came back I I was pretty good at producing a show, but you know I, what I really wanted to do was direct. <laughs> so, so then about late two thousands, I started directing uh, queer shorts, you know the shorts on that, mm-hmm. and they kept saying, you know these are good. Why don't you do something full length? So I, I there was a play called Seven Santas. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I casted this guy as like the most terrifying, <laughs> evil Santa Claus in history. His name was Michael Bruno. <laughs> Guilty. Um, yeah. So that was the first full-length play I directed, um, and people liked it. And and ever since then, they've they've created a monster and they've unleashed me on the world. 
Now, but didn't you produce reindeer monologues? I did. Yes, yes. That was the first time we actually worked together. Yes. And that was the that was the Christmas before, wasn't it? That was yes. We did well. We did reindeer monologues twice, but the first time with you, that would have been in December of two thousand one. Because that's that was, when I first came back to Madison. Yeah, that was the yeah. first year of Stage Q. Right. So we started our first show was July of two thousand one, and then we did Twilight of the Golds in September of two thousand one. And then Reindeer Monologues was in December of 2001. So, yep, that's how we actually met was was on that show. So, yeah, I produced that, and then you directed that. Yep, and then I did sound design and, you know, prop design and whatever else I <laughs> did. Did it all. I did on that show. So, yeah, so. Uh, so, I know uh, you formerly, you've both been on the board at, mm-hmm. at, at the Bartel, and you yep. kind of stepped back away from that a little bit. Yep. Um, but we're... Uh, you know, uh, the, the Bartel yeah. has become a mainstay, and yeah. thank goodness that it's you know that it made it through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of places, you know, they didn't. Businesses did not make it through there. Yep. Um, so, uh, are you going to continue to do projects with the Bartel? Are you involved in any sort of way with with the Bartel Theater? Well, they have to ask me, but yes. <laughs> so, no, no. So yeah, there you I, go. There's the pitch. <laughs> there's the pitch. There you go. Yeah. So no, I, I get I ask that all people are like, "What's your next show? What's your next show?" And I'm like, "Oh, hold on." Um, yeah, I was doing a lot of shows. I was doing back-to-back-to-back-to-back shows, and I decided I just needed a year just to take a break. So I took a, a break, and then all of a sudden COVID happened, so I took an extra year off. Um, but then I came back, and I did Clue last year. That was the first show to reopen the Bartell. Um, that was fun because when we first loaded in, it you could tell that the Bartell had been closed for 18 months. Wow. That was – yeah, that was – it took a lot of air conditioning and Febreze to get the show, mm-hmm. to get the theater up and running. Um, but that was a big hit. And then I've, I've done, I did Shrek. I co-directed and co-produced Shrek just in September with a guy named Brandon Hartman. And that, that was a big, big success. And then went into this. And then after this, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a free agent at this point. I, I like that. I kind of, you know, I was on the Bartel board and doing a lot of the administrative stuff. And, I, you know, it's good stuff to do. But at the same point, it's also nice to kind of, be able to like pick and choose and then kind of say, you know, if, if the right project comes around, I definitely will, will do another show. So, but what we'll see. So, so never say never. That's very true. Yep. So, but, um, just... and, um, how many more shows are there of the, of the, uh, 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 Pantelorian? So we have eight more performances, including one tonight at seven. Um, we have a matinee tomorrow at two. And then we have the rest of the schedule is a little weird because we're taking the break for Christmas. So we have a show next Wednesday, Thursday, I think Friday. I got to double check. <laughs> we do not have one on the 24th. Okay. Um, and then we come back after Christmas and we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now that's very different, isn't it? Yes. And then we close. So, yeah, and, and the reason being is, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's, a lot of, um, you know, kids are out of school, um, a lot of people, a lot of parents take time off work, and we find that even though a Monday night, Tuesday night seems really weird for community theater, we actually do get some really good um, houses, and the show's been selling well, and we already have, our Monday night, like, the on the 26th is about half sold already. So, yeah, that's actually, um, you, you would think that's kind of a weird thing, but I think a lot of families are really looking for stuff to do over the break. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the show is not specifically Christmas-themed or anything. So, you know, but it's really, a lot of people are like, we're bored, what can we do that's not the same thing? And it's like, well, it's, you know, come see the Panto. It's it's just under two hours. 
with an intermission. So it's not super long. The kids can sit through it and they're not going to get bored. The parents aren't going to fall asleep, I hope. And that's a great idea because all the traditional shows close. Yeah, they do. You yep. know, Christmas Carol is done. Nutcracker's done. Yeah, all the ones you you would see. Yeah, Christmas happens, and then you're right. That 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 break in between. Yeah. There. And by then, everyone's going to see Avatar. You know, six times, <laughs> so they got to see something different. By the way, we have an Avatar joke in the show. <laughs> Uh, so I think we have another clip of, of another one of the pantos that we could run yep. just so people get an idea and a flavor of what's going on. So, Ben, you want to run the next clip? I had nothing to do with this one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It was a good one. And now we must discuss the golden rules of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. First... Class participation is required. You are not allowed to sit there in silence. You will need to sing and cheer and boo. For example, when our hero, Harry Potter, and his friends enter, you must cheer with glee. And now that we know that rule, what are we supposed to do when someone evil enters the room? So we got a little taste of both of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and we were just commenting uh, that our wonderful friend, Sarah Whalen. Oh, she's fabulous. Um, who is one of, you know. She is the grand dame of Madison she Theater. She is the grand dame of Madison. I'm so glad to see her that she's still up and on the stage and singing and dancing her heart Dancing. Out. She, has a <laughs> she has a dance number. I love it. Yes, I can't tell you what it is, but she dances on stage. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, Anything else that we have not hit upon that you wanted to like let people know? You're, you're writing now too. I you said to me, right? You're writing something, maybe. I'm right. Yes, and that that's one of the things that I really enjoyed with this process was the actual. Even though working with previous pantos, you you part of the process is to tweak and adjust the script. That's you get the actors involved and and all that, but but this one was a much more formal writing process for me. And I had never done that, and I really enjoyed that process. And the last few years, I've been writing a few things here and there, and just, you know, it's like, ugh. Um, but I, I have to admit I've enjoyed that, and I think that might be something that I'm looking forward to, if anyone will actually produce it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see if I can get it to the point where I actually want it to be seen. Well, you know... The next year is right around the corner. Yes, it we is. Only a, we only got a couple of days left in 2022. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for coming in today, Steve. I know you got another show to do tonight. And congratulations on all the wonderful shows that, that you've produced at the Bartel. And oh, thank you. Shows that we've worked on together. It's always been an honor and a pleasure. And It's been like 50 of them at this point. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Is it, time does fly. Yes, it does. Wonderful. Yes, it does. So yeah. uh, remember, the Pantalorium at the Bartel Theater in the Drury yep. Theater. Uh, running through the December twenty eighth, December twenty eighth, 
Uh, get your tickets now and have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Yep. Yeah. Kids tickets are only 10 bucks and then adults are 20. You can't beat it. Yep. You can't beat it. And we will be back on uh, uh, Saturday, January the 7th with the Madison Contemporary Dance Company. Very contemporary. Exactly. So happy holidays, everybody. Thank you, Steve. Cool. Thank you, Michael.